Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Today, she is such a phenomenal woman. I love to focus on phenomenal women on my podcast who are changing the world and doing amazing things, and no one is doing that more than Emily. Emily is the Chief Marketing and Experience Officer, what a title, for St. Jude, Chief Marketing and Experience Officer. And I have to say, I came in to, I've always loved St. Jude because I've always known about St. Jude, but I've really gotten to know St. Jude, to walk the halls of the hospital, to meet the people that work there, to meet some of the children and the families in St. Jude. And it is unlike any other hospital experience in the world. And so to have the job that you have, which is the chief marketing and experience officer for St. Jude, along with so many other things. I mean, you're also in charge of like fun fundraising awareness. You do brand marketing, marketing research and strategy, crisis communications. I mean, that sounds complicated. Um, entertainment marketing, patient relations. You oversee event experiences. So you are basically the experience guru for St. Jude. Talk to me about this role what it means to you, and how you kind of be- got here. Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, I'm thrilled beyond words to be on your show. I, f- I feel like I must be the slide-in holiday guest with all the other amazing women you talk to. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. Whatever. Uh, one, but I'm, I'm glad you said what you said because um, my story of coming to St. Jude's recruited to come here, <clears throat> and I will never, ever forget 
my first moments on campus. And the first thing they do when you're interviewing here is they take you on a tour. Mm-hmm. And it was life-changing. And so I'm happy to tell you a little about my family story, but I grew up in, in hospitals and other systems. My mom is a nurse and my f- father was actually a funeral home director when I was a kid. So I've been in a lot of hospitals and you're right, this doesn't feel like one. It doesn't smell like one. It doesn't feel like one. And so, yeah, I mean, this is a dream of a lifetime job. I um, I can't believe I'm here. I actually, um, I've been here for 10 years, which is really weird because most CMOs stay in their job less than two years. So I'm officially a dinosaur in my industry, but um, I got it's called. Probably hard to lease it, Jude, it's it's really hard. It's, um, it's growing. It's phenomenal. I mean, it's pinch me type of work. It's, it's changed my life. I'm a better professional and I'm a better person. I'm a better partner. I'm a better mom because I work here. So yeah, I got called. Um, I know exactly where I was. I was driving home from my hometown in Oklahoma back to my house in Texas with my one-year-old baby at the time and my husband. And I got called to come work at St. Jude, which I was like, no way. They actually never had a chief marketing officer. So I got the call to, to see if I would do that. I met the CEO, Rick Shadiak, who I think you guys have met on your tours here. He's an amazing visionary and, uh, and together we dreamed. And I said, I feel like this could be not just a great brand, an iconic brand. And the chance to work here to help find cures and save children around the world is a, as a dream come true. And the stuff I've been able to do in the last decade, n- no way, no way if someone had told me that I would have gotten to have this job at 31 years old, Wow! that I would get to be in the seat I am now and experience the things I've experienced. Dream of a lifetime. So tell me how this job has changed you because you said it's made you a better person and what are some of the things that you cannot believe that you've gotten to be a part of and create experiences with? I'll tell you the thing that's changed me the most and and there's good and bad to this. It's the patients and the families. I read that the fact that I get to work in a place that I'm surrounded by kids and their families at would really be the darkest times in their lives in many ways, yet it's not. Um, it's changed me forever. There, there are so many moments, we call them St. Jude moments here. And whether, we, whether you want to say that they're magical or mystical or godly or otherworldly, I could point to so, so many of those. Um, but I've learned about the best of humanity here. Yeah. The power of people. I mean, I think, too, about the people, Caroline, you've you've gotten involved. I think about the country industry. I mean, there are people who've never even set foot on this campus. They may not even know a St. Jude patient, and yet millions of them give and they sacrifice and they do lemonade stands and give out of their retirement checks. So um, I'm blown away. I'm blown away by the patients and their and their tiny, often really young lives, how wise and powerful and amazing and funny they are. They remind you of what really matters in life when we often get tangled up and strangled on other things that don't matter. And I'm happy to dork out on favorite moments. There's so many cool ones. I don't even know where to begin, but we can have some fun stories from from having lunch with Chadwick Boseman, um, not knowing when that he was sick and seeing the kids react to Black Panther. Um, here, actually watching the mothers react to Black Panther. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, think about, I think you came with Florida Georgia Line, right? I mean, and like watching people go berserk yes. with that or yes. the Justin Timberlakes or, I mean, Domino's Pizza and I mean, raising and, and having them commit a hundred million dollars and the smiles and joys that can come from just pizza. So I work with all the coolest people on the planet, um, but yet we're all united in the same purpose, which is taking care of these little kids who need us most. And that is something that I... Um... I, I mean, I think so many of us struggle with just the, um, I, I'm always freaking emotional these days. Ever since I've had a child, like everything makes me cry, but like St. Jude is so special. It's like, 
seeing those children and their innocence and you know, it's just, and y'all don't make the parents pay for anything. Everything is completely funded. And it's not just like, let's try to heal them with modern medicine. It's also like, let's give them fun. Let's make this like a joyful hospital hospital experience. Let's have, art, like, like you were saying, like artists, recording artists come through and we'll play songs and there's like pizza parties and there's playgrounds. And over, I went one time over Christmas and there's like cookie decorating. And you know, it's just like, Everything at St. Jude is, yes, the treatment is happening, but then everything else is how can we keep these, the innocence of, this, of these children? How can we help them grow into the people that they came to this earth to be and give them opportunities to flourish even though they are fighting this most you know deadly disease that sometimes is off, often uncurable. Sometimes it is curable, and it's just like, but y'all bring so much hope and you bring so much hope to the families and financial relief, which I think is just, it's just incredible. Well, you keep saying you all, but I, I need it to be said. We really don't. I mean, the, the fact is, is that the people make this place possible. Our, our supporters and donors, that, that blows me away. Like if you came into our lobby right now, and you walked over by the bus to Danny Thomas and you can rub his nose for good luck. There, there are two letters on the wall. One is from a man named Ira who um, was a longtime monthly giver to St. Jude and found out that he um, had cancer himself and wrote us a letter saying, I need you to find someone to take my place. Because he knew in order for us to promise families, which we've done from day one, that no family will ever receive a bill. And to your point, we pay for their treatment and their travel and their housing and their food. And then we try to get the best quality of life here with school and fun activities because we want them to get to be kids. That's made possible by people like Ira. I mean, and I can assure you, we found thousands to take Ira's place or the little girl who sends in, you know, $7 and 40 cents out of her piggy bank. And she said, I wanted to send it to St. Jude because miracles, and it's not that miracles are spelled correctly, but you know how kids write miracles happen there. Like what we get to do here is because everyone from all walks of life said, heck, we might not agree on a lot. We might not believe the same politically. We might not think the same religious. We might look different. We might be from different economic backgrounds, but this is like the one thing that unites everybody that we can all agree upon. And that's what I mean about seeing the best of humanity here. Um, and then, man, the kids that I have gotten to meet, they've, oh. What have I you learned so from the stories. kids? What have you learned from the kids? Because I find that to be always the most inspiring. Like I go in with a heavy heart feeling so sad because I, I mean, like as an adult, I'm like, I, this isn't right. This is, this is so not fair. Why is this happening? But then you see these kids and oftentimes these kids are the most joyful children that you've ever seen. And they're teaching you about life. Mm -hmm. What have you learned from kids in this, in like in this walk of life? One of the most powerful observations I had early on. So when I started as a brand, we often talked about kids and their cancer. But the one thing that struck me immediately, if you talk to a child with cancer, that's not what they talk about. Their cancer doesn't define them. Yes. And that was a, a life-changing moment for me. They know that they have it. They're, they're not at all um, unaware of it. They're extremely aware of that. But they'll talk to you about they're the horse that they love or the dog that they love, the sports that they love, their favorite subject in school, they're, they're dancing, they're singing, whatever, they're just kids. So they don't let it define them, one. Two, I found out that adults are a bunch of whiners. And I don't yeah. minimize that. I totally tease when I say that because if you think about what's going on in our world today, right, real and tough struggles. But I watch these kids have extreme 
um, determination and strength and resiliency and hope. They encourage one another. They encourage us. And then I've said this often, I cannot figure out, I cannot figure out if the kids who have cancer are so shaped by that experience, they were wise, or if they were that way to start and the cancer experience just brought it out in them. But they say some of the most wise and profound things. So I think about Adam, who's diagnosed in high school, right? That a typical teenage boy, like living his best life, totally. I think he was out on a date eating pizza with his girlfriend when he's diagnosed. But when he gets here, Adam realizes that he's a teenager. He can speak for himself. So many of these other kids are young, they can't. So he said, I'm gonna be the voice for the voiceless. Who thinks that way as a teenager and says, I'm going to be the voice for the voices. I'm going to carry them forward. He's raised over a million dollars for St. Jude, run marathons, all while battling with his own journey. So, man, I've learned a lot about perspective. I've learned so much about empathy. And I have learned that there are always bright spots, even in the darkest moments of life, thanks to these kids. So to be you and to have the job that you have, I feel like you have to be a super empathetic person. Like you, this is not just a job that you just like go in and, you know, run an organization. This is a very heartfelt job that you are in in charge of. So how do you brainstorm your experiences, your fundraisers, your ways to draw people in? Because like right now with the country music industry, the all the t-shirts it was this shirt saves lives and every single country music artist wore one and put it in the feed and now it's we won't stop and i love that and the country music community is so supportive of saint jude which i think is it makes country music even more special to have this as the backbone of what country music believes in it's fighting for children and fighting for cures and there's so much support and the way that that fundraiser has gotten going and it's become so cool like it's so cool to wear the shirt. It's so cool to wear the St. Jude shirt. Like it was so cool. Now it's like, we won't stop. Like it's such a, it's such a proud moment for these people of influence to wear this shirt and support it. So how do you create those types of experiences that a revolution type movement and they become so cool and it, obviously it's helping something so great, but there's so many charities out there. Not all charities get this kind of like intense love, which I mean, I, you want them all to, but St. Jude is so loved. Is it partly probably because everyone loves children and it's such a great cause, but how do you create these experiences that just get everyone on board? Oh my gosh. This is why I was nervous about talking because you asked like seven great questions in one. I know that's my problem. I asked no, so many questions at it. once. <laughs> I know I was trying to like write questions ahead of time and I'm like, I'm so bad at writing questions because I just like sort of like spin them all into one. <laughs> okay. Why do women do this? I just complimented you. It was like the best question ever. And they were like, oh no, I tear it up. Like you did an amazing question and you, I love that your question started with empathy and heart mm-hmm. and authenticity. So, and then I love that you segued that to the country industry, which is I don't think the country music industry gets enough credit for what has done for the good in the world. We are probably the most shining example. And I know what it's raised, what it's done for St. Jude, the way people have engaged, um, but it's real. So first of all, let's back up for a second. Yes, my empathy is off the charts. And so my father says, this is the perfect job for me. I've told the story a couple of times, but when I was a little kid, um, I hated Disney movies and, and not because they're all sad. The mom always dies, a kid gets lost, and I cannot take it. Like, it broke my heart. So my father tells the story about when the theater manager had to come in and ask me to leave the movie theater, both in Bambi and in E.T., because I was crying so loud, I disrupted the other patrons. And so when I got this job, Dad was like, perfect. 
perfect. You can cry for a living. You can love on kids. You can do all this good in the world. But that's the thing about here. And it's amazing to be started by an entertainer. But remember Danny Thomas, who who was a brilliant entertainer, a humanitarian, like it should, it's striking to me to be reminded when I walk over to the garden, because he's buried here on campus, that he only wanted one word on his tombstone, and that was founder. Founder. This is what he was about. And so I think the fact that he invited other entertainers to have this unbelievable, authentic experience, Randy Owen, and now generations of country music stars and and their networks and, and artists and labels and all that have come here. I think it's the same thing because when you come here, you have this authentic experience. When you're around the kids, even though I know it's often the celebrities, so many of my talk to say, I'm not the real celebrity, that kid is, or I'm changed by being here. And so you're right, I'm, I'm so proud of the team because it was our team of people, including several survivors who are now thrivers that work for us, came up with this t-shirt idea and nothing makes me happier. I, I want to, in fact, my husband's like, could you not do that? So before when we could travel, we'd be at the airport, like we walked off the airplane in Bozeman, Montana. And the first thing we see is a guy wearing a this moment stop, a, this shirt saves lives shirt. Oh. And of course I had to run over and be like, where'd you get your shirt? Like my kids wear them. And so I think it's because to your point, this mission connects us. People want to help kids. You made the cool shirt. And then it matters. Like it matters when influencers and celebrities and others use their network and say, hey, this is what I love. Will you love it too? Like that's their power personified that I love. And I'm so thrilled that we took it to the we won't stop because this world needs a rallying cry right now. We need a rallying cry. Yeah. Cancer didn't stop in the pandemic. The work at St. Jude didn't stop. I love that we took one of our most motivating messages and put it on a t-shirt and said, that's all get behind this. And you bring up a great point. 2020 and the pandemic Cancer hasn't stopped. St. Jude hasn't stopped. How has life changed? How have you had to pivot in this time when we can't gather, when so many of the fundraisers probably are gathering people together, hosting events, doing a lot of stuff with a lot of people. So how has St. Jude pivoted in this time? Oh my gosh, so many ways. So yeah, I mean, prior to this, we were, part of the reason I'm the experience officer is because we do, we did 31,000 events a year. What? 31,000? Mm-hmm. That's wow. a lot of chicken dinners. That's a lot of late night events. And they're all cool and they're great. But you know what? It's also kids at preschools and trike events and schools and colleges. But so none of that can happen. We can't gather. And so I, there's so many ways we have pivoted uh, and changed our business. A lot of it went to virtual events and live streams. I'm amazed at the number of artists who just popped on a Facebook Live and said, I'm going to do a concert from a house and raise money, which people loved because Mark Zuckerberg, you know, who uh, created Facebook, if you read his book, talks about how at heart we're all voyeurs. We love a glimpse into people's lives. So I actually think people secretly like this whole Facebook Live Zoom. You can see people's lives and backgrounds. Uh uh So a lot of virtual events, right? Um, A a lot of, we amped our communication. And one of the things I'm most proud of, Caroline, is um, we already had a platform called St. Jude Inspire. But our teams are like, it's dark, it's hard, it's depressing. We're sitting on all these amazing stories of hope. And so we created, as part of our media publishing platform, these inspired by, inspired by your kindness stories. So they were stories of St. Jude. They were stories of celebrities. They were just stories of good acts of kindness. And it was amazing just to help people feel connected when we were all kind of stuck at home and searching for meaning. That's been a huge shift. I'm actually here in my office. Um, I get to now come to campus. I was at home with my children for 14 weeks. Not that I counted those. Um, (laughs) So it's nice to be back to the office. But one of the reasons I can do that is because St. Jude created a COVID test. So I can be tested 
here on campus with regularity to know that I'm safe. And then I'm in my office with the door closed, which is why I don't have a mask on. We mask otherwise. So, you know, a lot has changed. We can't go in the same places. We can't bring people here to campus. So we just said, have to bring the campus to them. So a lot of virtual reality, augmented reality, virtual tours, virtual events, Facebook lives, live streams, you name it. Because to that point that the mission doesn't stop and I'm blown away that as much as the charity world's been impacted, people are still giving very generously to St. Jude and it's making sure that we can fulfill our commitments to take care of kids around the world. Cause we've got some pretty big audacious goals globally. And that's the thing is kids don't have to, you don't, kids don't have to pay. Families don't have to pay because of the donation. So if the donations stop, then that really is a crisis for taking care of the family. So that's amazing to hear that y'all have been able to find other ways and people have continued to step up. And with this new launch of We Won't Stop, I pray that it's the biggest one you've ever had with any t-shirt because it is the truth. Like 2020, 2020 has been so hard. The pandemic has been so hard. It's been such a tough year. And I feel, uh, excuse me, sorry. I feel like we, we need to have that hope in our lives to be doing good and like to give to something that was that's bigger than ourselves because this world needs we just need light and love and if anyone's spreading it it's saint jude so i I do want to ask you what is it like being a mother of two while running a huge organization how do you manage all that how do you manage your feelings with it all Oh my gosh. Well, I'll definitely answer that, but I want to business nerd real quick because I do want to say something I don't know that everybody realizes. There's only one St. Jude on the planet. Like no one else has our business model. And so there are a million other amazing, great hospitals, right? But but at St. Jude, we're not taking care of broken legs and and common colds and some of the other things. So when you talk about that St. Jude, we, we literally can't function without donations. So other hospitals get the bulk of their money from insurance recoveries, right? Thank goodness there's insurance, you get sick, insurance recovery. They don't cover a lot of what we do here. And so we rely on the support of the public. So more than 82% of the monies it takes to operate St. Jude have to come from generous donors. It costs us over a billion dollars a year to operate it. So we've got to raise that money and our average donations are in the $40. So when I say this is a movement of people, like, Getting your t-shirt, becoming a monthly donor, giving your dollar, like that stuff matters. So I always want to talk to people who think, oh, St. Jude's big or they've got celebrity. No, no. like this is what we do together. And and so I'll switch over to talk about as a mom um, (laughs) with a boatload of help, a ton of humility, um, some really dedicated me time every day. Um, (laughs) I'm so thankful that my children um, have this experience with me. So I don't just work here. My family works here. I wish wow. you could have my kids here today. Um, they are they are better humans because of this place. Like they think mom's job's cool for a lot of reasons, but like on my worst day when I've gone home and said like, I can't do this anymore. My son who was six at the time said, but you have to. Oh. I mean, you have to work at St. Jude. But you oh. know, they have kids in their class at school. They, they know patients. My daughter, um, there's a friend of hers in a sporting team that um, is dealing with a brain tumor and they didn't want to tell anyone because they didn't want the child to be treated differently. And my daughter said, mom, don't worry. I'll watch out for her. I'll make sure nobody treats her differently and they don't define her by her brain tumor because I know you've taught me from St. Jude. Like it's changed them to be around this mission and to believe in something bigger and to grow up knowing that you're supposed to use your skills and your talents to give back in the world. 
Those are my good days. Like we're not talking about the days when I'm like, oh my God, and I'm overwhelmed and the stuff is crazy. And I'm on a board, like last week I was on a board call and the school's calling and the doctor's calling and the kids. Are, <laughs> now my daughter is old enough that she can, you know, FaceTime and yell at me and then hang up on me. So there's much humor behind all of that as well. That's incredible though, the impact that it's had on your kids, because I can, I can actually only imagine them going to St. Jude, being a child themselves to see that I'm sure their hearts are just so empathetic. What a, what a, what an environment to grow up in. You know, that's funny too. I, I, um, people are often, they think it's scary. Like would not be scared of kids or they think they can get the kids sick too, but that's is where kids, they don't think like that. They just think, well, that's a kid like me and I want to help them. So actually my daughter's fourth grade class last year, um, they were learning design thinking because you know, that's what I learned in fourth grade in Oklahoma. Design thinking. Design I, don't even, I don't even know what that means. Uh, you'll have to Google it later because I didn't really eat there. And now we use it at marketing, but it's the whole process. It's really a very innovative process for how you brainstorm or bring a space to life. And it, it, you you do a lot of brainstorming work. You do modeling. You bring an idea to life. This is what fourth graders are learning. Wow. Well, that They actually called over the teachers and said, the kids know about St. Jude. Could they do something at St. Jude? So the pavilion, which is where Danny Thomas and Rosemary are buried, is kind of our museum on campus. You probably saw it when you were here. So her fourth grade class actually helped us redesign the pavilion to make it more user-friendly and more kid-friendly because that's often the only place they can come here and visit at the hospital, right? Since it's a working hospital. Wow. So we're in the middle right now of some construction and updating it since we're closed to the public. And she asks me every day, like, how's it going? Did you take my idea? Can we come and tour it when it's open? Like the kids write letters here to St. Jude. They've done fundraisers on their own. They're, they're amazing. Wow. And how great to be designed by fourth graders because this is for kids. So of course. Oh, their ideas were way cooler than ours. Yes. Like I think it's our innovation team because we have our own. I mean, we were named by Fast Company this year as the best workplace for innovators. And it was so fun to see these brilliant innovators in our team have their minds blown by these fourth grade kids and their really cool ideas. So I think they're just mad that we couldn't put in a confetti floor for our no <laughs> celebrations, but we'll figure something out. Oh my gosh. Um, so I, my husband has a very personal close story to St. Jude. When you were mentioning, mentioning a brain tumor, my husband's older brother passed away of a brain tumor when he was 15 and he, uh, St. Jude was a big part of Michael's family's journey. And that Michael is very passionate about St. Jude for that because it was as far as an experience goes, you can't have a more loving experience in St. Jude when you're in that kind of turmoil as a family. And so, um, yeah, so he always, especially holds, of course I hold it near too, but for him, it's super personal and it, it matters so much because he lived through it also. It's the story is amazing. And, um, I did not lose my brother to cancer, but as somebody who's lost their brother, it changes you forever. And then you loving him and walking alongside in that journey, um, knows, knows what it means here to lose, knows what it means to have hope, knows what it means to love somebody through those most devastating times. I think that's why your support in particular um, is so deeply meaningful for us. Um, and, and I will tell you, it's, those are the ones that stay with us. So I love seeing our patients thrive. I get to work with so many survivors. It's awesome. And I wish you could see in my office because what's above me um, are pictures of patients. And one is one that did not make it. Um, and I will never forget her, the life-changing experience of her funeral. Really? What was, how was it? What was so life-changing? Outside of the loss of my own brother, it was probably the hardest experience I've had. I remember my dad was a funeral home director as a kid, so it's not like I haven't been around a lot of them. 
she was a remarkable kid. Her mother was the first, I remember vividly being on campus for sort of my first patient speaker event where they bring in families to talk to us as employees and hearing their story, a military family, and watching this mother sit there and watch her two daughters, one with cancer and one with not, opening Christmas packages, telling this story. Like she has it together and talk about cry. Like I can't get myself together. I'm bawling. Well, I get to know this amazing family really well. And they, um, I had the honor, and I do believe it's an honor, of going over to say goodbye to Ariana before she passed. And Ariana was the type that cancer never defined her. She loved, like if she came to Country Cares for St. Jude Kids, she was on the dance floor. She got our CEO to dance, like the girl loved to dance. She was light, she was joy. Saying goodbye to her was so hard. And, and at her funeral, I remember watching her sister stand there at the casket and say goodbye to her best friend and realizing the magnitude of that. like. Losing your sibling and being that, I will tell you now, I have the honor, her father's actually one of my colleagues. And they honor Ariana every year on her birthday by going out and doing acts of kindness and joy for other people. So I keep Ariana's picture above um, my desk as a reminder that um, even in dark moments, even when we're sad, you can always find a bright spot and you should always dance a little. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit bartesian.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You obviously, like we talked about, you have a very empathetic heart. It started from when you were really young. You've obviously been around 
you know, the passing of life with your dad as a funeral home director and now you're working at St. Jude and you get attached to patients and sometimes you have these stories where they don't make it like Ariana. How do you, how do you get through those kind of things? Because as someone who feels so deeply like you do and I do as well, how do you, how do you find your grounding again? Like when you're so broken hearted, because I know there is so much joy that comes from St. Jude, but there is also those really sad moments also. And so how do you find that balance and stay grounded? Mm, what a powerful question. I do have a life belief. <clears throat> I think you have to know sadness to, to know joy. And I think sadness is a part of life. And I think it's one of the most powerful teachers. So one of the things I've learned in my own grief journey is to sit with it. Um, grief, grief stays with you. Sometimes she's an ugly monster. Sometimes she's a teacher. Um, I've learned to invite her in more and, and let her try to teach me whatever it is I need to learn in the moment. But I also know when you know great lows, time is coming when you get to know great highs. Wow. Uh, and so the highs are sweeter. I don't miss them like I would have otherwise. It's also great. You don't miss them. Wow. That's a good point. Because if everything's just going well, you might not even notice. But now because you've experienced so much, so much deep sadness, you know, when you're in joy, deep joy. Deep. And I try not to take it for granted, even little joys. Like I've learned so much perspective from working here. And in fact, it's, it's a funny thing. I have to coach a lot of our employees because I think people have a guilt. Like I can't complain if I work or these kids have it so much worse than I'm like, no, no, no. We all are entitled to feel our feelings. Like, but they feel their feelings on their sad days. They feel their sad days on their joyful days. They feel the joy. So we have to remember to do all that. And then I will tell you a big part for me is um, how I take care of myself. Um, and I am nothing if not consistent. So I get up early every morning. Um, I spend time in meditation and prayer. I try to read something kind of motivating or, or self-developing every day. Um, and then I move my body every day. That is sort of my time for myself. Um, and I've had to work at that. It's not like I wake up joyously or excitedly. I mean, I would have like this morning was one of those days where I was like, Oh, it's time to get up. Really? What day is it? But I've never regretted that time, that, that time for myself early in the morning when it's quiet before the kids are up to first start with a good gratitude for the day I've been given read and meditate and pray and then spend time moving my body has been exactly the formula I've often needed to tackle the days, work the long hours, start it all over again. Um, and so that's what I'm really dedicated to making sure I, I spend the time and do. And that, that self-work has also given me time to process when I've needed it. Um, that's a really great point because so many people are like, oh, I just don't have time to do that. I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to work out. I've got so much going on. But really, what that does for you in the bigger picture is, like you're saying, it's so much more profound and deeper than even just like trying to stay in shape or get your mind right. It lets you process yeah. what's happening in your life. It gives you space to breathe, gives you that time when you don't have all this other information flooding in that you just get to be yeah. intentional and you get to process what you've lived through. It's really, especially for someone in a job like yours where you have so much coming at you from heavy feelings to big decisions to dealing with tons of people, if you don't have a little self-time to really just like clear your brain, I feel like it, you might start off and it might just feel like chaos all the time. And it did. I mean, this is not, a, it's not like I just woke up wise and figured this out. Like this is coming from many times, especially when my kids were little. I mean, we moved here when my daughter was one. I, you know, I had young kids and look, I have nothing to complain about. I, single moms and dads are my biggest heroes, what they manage and do, but it came from getting burnt out and being frenetic and always on and never feeling and, and really ruining and hurting a lot of relationships that I learned that 
and I worked through the guilt, like this is precious time and no one is going to die if I take it for myself. And sometimes it's five minutes, right? I don't control my world. I have two phones, they blow up, the kids need something, whatever else. But that was five minutes that I otherwise wouldn't have. And I've just made that point to make it a priority day after day after day, even when I don't want to of that, you know, sleep, nutrition, movement, self-care. And that's, that's been the trick to me putting my own oxygen mask on first. Remember on the airplane when they always tell you, and I hated this. I remember the first time after my daughter was born and the flight attendant gets on, she's like, now, you know, remember, put your own oxygen mask on first. And I remember hearing that and thinking, you're the dumbest woman I've ever heard. Like, (laughs) I would not do that. I would put my babies on first until the idiot, and I have two degrees, the idiot and myself was like, wait a second, you can't help somebody if you're dead yourself, like you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. And once I got that unlock and started practicing, it's gotten easier. And now I crave it and need it. And it's often the thing that um, helps me make better decisions, be smarter in my business, think more clearly, all of those things. I keep the word discipline is the word that keeps coming into my mind right now. And I've been like for this year, like I've been trying to implement more discipline in my life because Discipline when you're growing up, you feel like discipline is like a bad thing. And it's like, you know, you have to do discipline and like your parents tell you to discipline, your teachers tell you to discipline, it's discipline. And all you want to do is just be wild and free. And then you get older and it's like actually having and understanding what discipline does. Discipline really does create peace and it creates opportunity for you to have a clear mind and to be your best version of yourself. Otherwise, it's just all over the place. And I think that that is a trait. I've noticed a lot in really powerful leaders like yourself who are doing amazing things is that element of discipline is always there. It's a consistent thread I've seen in a lot of really influential leaders. My, um, I think my unlock for me was have to versus get to. Mm-hmm. And it's something I learned from St. Jude patients, right? Like there's a lot of joy in moments. There's a lot, of, a lot of things that cancer takes away from you in your everyday, like even down to the food you eat, like this is why our chefs will make whatever it is a kid wants. Grandma's mac and cheese, a disease, you know, a dish from their home country, whatever they want. But they have a mentality of I get to. And so to your same point, like when I feel like I have to, well, I have to eat right. Or I have to, when I flipped over to I get to, I get to wake up every day in my own bed in a home and, and I get to spend time and I, I get to meditate and think and and spend time in a higher power. I get to move my body. I get that, that get changed everything in my perspective. And then it became less about the chore of the have to versus the, the joy of getting to right. Instead of working myself into a frenzy until I get to take a break or I, you know, that unlock that I learned from the kids here helped me a ton. That's so powerful. And so true. I get to, I get to move my body. I get to be healthy. I get to live this life. And you, if, if we have no real physical ailments or issues that we're dealing with, what a blessing that we get to live like that because we, you're seeing kids every day who are living such a blessed life on top of having to fight a big disease. Yeah. It's yeah. Such a, that's such a perspective shift that is so powerful. It's helped it's, me a lot. Yes. So, okay, um, I'm going to wrap up here pretty soon. I have a few more questions. Since so many celebrities are involved with St. Jude, who has been one that has walked through those doors that you've worked with that you're like, oh, my God, it's Beyonce. <laughs> like, who has been the one that's, like, totally shook you? Well, Beyonce has not, but she's more than welcome to come. Like, <laughs> come on, sister. We'd love to have you. Um, I, 
Honest to goodness, and this sounds silly, like I'm not super starstruck. The cool thing for me, I think, is that often when celebrities come here, they're not a celebrity in that moment. Mm-hmm. They just yes. get to be whoever they are, right? Um, and I've I've met a ton. I mean, I could name drop all day. You know, when Taylor Swift comes, she was just Taylor Swift, a girl visiting kids and bringing joy and having joy back. But the one that stuck with me, I mentioned this early on, and I remember the moment was when Chadwick Boseman came and the Black Panther. So the CEO and I and a couple others got to have lunch with him. And I remember turning to Rick, who's our CEO, and just a incredible man. His father was one of the original founders of, of St. Jude with Danny Thomas. And I mean, Rick's met so many amazing business leaders and presidents and celebrities. And, and he walked out of the room to go see the patients. And we turned to each other and we're like, wow, like there was something so profound and special. And then I watched him with the patients and it was really time for him to go. And he stayed extra time. It was just one of those moments where I was like, what an amazing human and, you know, it wasn't until he passed away that we knew when he was here, no wonder he got it because he was dealing with his own cancer battle as well. And you would have never known that other than he just had this, the same sense and spirit I often get from our patients of wisdom and joy and presence, right? It's not taken a presence. moment for granted. He was present and fully in the moment of, of giving and receiving joy. I told many people, so I I was dumbstruck when he died because then I figured out why that seemed so special in that moment. Isn't that the truth, though? So many of us, especially in this day and age where everything's in an instant, social media is everywhere, which it can be such a blessing, too, but it's like so fast paced, so moving so fast, like keeping up with whatever, that being present is almost, I feel like. Yeah. Do you feel that way? Like being present, having the ability to be present is almost like a superpower. I'll tell you if there's one thing that I've had to work on really hard in the last two years personally, it's presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you called my husband right now, he would tell you like, that's one thing I've gotten much better about is being at, you know, because we have jobs and children and whatever else. And we're frenetic and we multitask, which if you read anything about multitasking tells you you're really not doing anything, you're less productive <laughs> actually. But the gift, I've always admired these like wise, calm people who just made you feel like you're the most special person in the world. Um, and there was something to that. I've been, I've been trying to be more present and look, there's also been fun moments. I remember when president Clinton came to visit and that's not a political statement. We've, we've worked with every administration in the, in the past decades, but my favorite was president Clinton comes to visit and there was a patient who's since passed. His name is Markel, who was larger than life. Like Markel was always dressed to the nines with his Ray-Ban sunglasses on. So president Clinton comes on. He's like, yo, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad there's another celebrity around here besides me. Then Markel goes on and says, so, so I mean, like, Markel says that or so President Clinton, no, he (laughs) says to the president, like, I'm glad there's another celebrity around here besides me. I mean, so much sass in one body. And then he says to the president, like, so, so how do I get the paparazzi to follow me around? And President (laughs) Clinton was like, yo kid, it's not all that it's cracked up. You actually don't want that. I mean, he was just a larger than life kid. Like who, who says that? Who has that swagger to say this? To the president. To the president. Like, um, so when he passed, it just, it devastated all of us. He was just such a larger than life kid that, I mean, here's this like amazing moment, the president's coming in and all this seriousness. And he just makes us all crack up laughing. Cause he's like, I mean, you know, other celebrities are here now too, inside me. That's amazing. So it's taught me to be like, celebrities are just people like Markel just was like, yo, here's a dude who gets followed around by the paparazzi. We're like, that was the leader of the free world, but okay, Markel. So, so so amazing. So you deal with so much joy, so much hope, some sometimes so much pain and sadness. You deal with the spectrum from high to low, everything in between. 
what have you learned about life? What do you feel like the point of life is with being in a job that is so present and so walking that line of, of life and death, hope and sadness? Like what, what have you learned about the point of life? Wow. What a question. I'm, I'm going to say this in the most em- emphatic way I know how to say it. Uh, every life matters. Every life matters. And every life has the chance to change the world. One of the things you realize when you're here is you may not be famous, but the dollar you gave may have just been that one dollar that made all the difference in the world. You may have only been on this life and this life for six years, yet there are people like me who carry your name on our heart and show up every day to work twice as hard so that the next little six-year-old that walks in the door gets 60 more. Um, There are celebrities that could do many, many things with their power that come here Um, and completely transform not one person's day, thousands and thousands of lives. Um, I've learned that, that, that lives matter and you can do great things with yours and you don't have to be rich nor famous nor powerful to do them, that your life can have meaning um, and that each and every life does. They're all worth the value. That's the, that's the greatest answer I've ever heard. Um, okay, I don't know so about I'll, that. I'll wrap up with where can people donate, say someone who wants to get involved, but has no idea, like you said, maybe feels like you have to donate thousands of dollars to make an impact, but you're saying no, actually $40, $10, $1, anything you can give makes a, makes an impact. That's actually how St. Jude thrives and survives is by just those small donations. Obviously the more the merrier, but how, what's the easiest way for someone to donate? It's so easy, but I will say first, like share, spread the word. Like my job is marketing. This place is a movement of millions of people and we need millions more. So the simplest act of like, if you heard this today and you liked what you heard, go share, like go share this conversation, use your social networks, tell people, start a birthday fundraiser on Facebook, but you can just go to stjude.org. It's right there on the website, pop on and donate. And then follow us on social media, share the content. But we also have some super fun things coming up. Like I really hope Giving Tuesday is coming up next week. It's a fantastic giving day. I want people to turn into YouTube. So our friends, um, Matt and Stephanie, um, the game theorists are doing this really fun live stream for us. So also if you're stuck at home with your kids, because I know that's everyone's fears, they're not going back to school after Thanksgiving for those who are in school. Good, sit them in front of the, the, the computer and let them watch um, the, the YouTube um, live stream that we're going to have. But the easiest way truly really is just go to stjude.org. You can learn about the work we're doing. You can give. But you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. Um, TikTok, y'all are so hip. Oh, my gosh. You have to go see Patient Keegan on TikTok. It took us a minute to figure out, like, how are we going to show up on TikTok and not be silly? And is it... Well, we just have these amazing life moments. So there's a video on TikTok that has over 9 million views on the St. Jude channel. It's of Keegan. She's this tiny little precious toddler who's back at home. And it's just a video of her toddling. You know this because there's one outside your door, right? Sonny's outside your door. Toddling and laughing. It is pure joy on a screen. Pure joy. You've got to go watch Keegan. Go check it out. There's tons of great moments. Like the other is a patient who's coming home. And they open the door to be greeted by their dog. I cry at this one every time. Like the dog jumps and licks and they're all excited. Like, yeah. So we found joy on TikTok and a ton of fun. And you can give to St. Jude while you're on there. It matters. Man, that's awesome. Emily, thank you so much for joining me. I end all my podcasts with Leave Your Light. What do you want people to know? Um, The kids of the world need you to be a light. The kids of the world need you to be a light. Caroline, you are a light. The country music industry is a light. If you're listening from Oklahoma to Boston to California, you're a light. 
Um, and that one little moment you spend sharing a St. Jude story, telling somebody about it, teaching your kids, giving that dollar, it is light and it matters. It matters for Markel and it matters for Ariana and it matters for Bridget and it matters for Oni. It matters. It matters for kids. So leave your light um, and do something bigger than yourself because when we all do it together, damn, does it shine bright. Oh, gosh, I'm going to go uh, get some tissues and cry after this. This one was so emotional. We might have had oh. to have a drink with this one. We should have had a drink. This was <laughs> no, awesome. I can't think of anything better to do oh. with gratitude going into Thanksgiving. Like, what an awesome No, I'm so thankful that you joined me. I know you are so oh. busy and you have so much going on. It truly means the world to me that you came on mm -hmm. here, shared your heart, shared your soul, gave us some information and shed some light on St. Jude and what an incredible organization it is. And... The work that you and so many people are doing for the children is truly phenomenal, life-changing, and I encourage every single person listening to this podcast to go to stjude.org and donate, get involved, just start getting in tune with this movement because it's not a stuffy hospital that's sad and depressing. It's this hospital that's changing lives, and it's, it, there's so many colors. There's so much excitement at St. Jude. There's so much hope, and like you said, Emily, more people, just more people need to find out about it and discover it and get involved. And let's cure, let's cure it. Let's take, like, let's cure the world. That was the, well, we that's the hope of St. Jude. And that's another thing. St. Jude has their own cancer research center. Like they're doing their own research. Our name is very intentional. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. This isn't just treatment. This isn't free treatment. This is best in class, but this is discovering the answers and then sharing them freely that are going to save more kids worldwide. I mentioned that bold, audacious goal, but look, we're trying to raise survival rates in partnership with the World Health Organization for the six most common forms of childhood cancer from 20%, a death sentence to 60%. Like we've made a lot of progress here in the U.S., but there are babies that need us around the world. So yes, that research that we share, that we do together, that your listeners make possible, that's what we can do together. So your light doesn't just happen today and help. This can help for generations to come. So you are amazing. What you do is amazing. I'm so thankful that you're in the St. Jude family. I'm, I'm just so honored to get to be a part of it. I'm so honored to in any way be a part of what St. Jude's doing. It is so powerful. And, um, you know, especially now that I have a daughter of my own, it's like, you know, there's nothing more precious than children. So that's mm -hmm. amazing. Thank you, Emily. Bye. Bye. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. 
That's right. 159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.